Hi everyone, and welcome to our webinar series. Today, we're talking about why you need to make the shift to strategic demand marketing. We've got Jennifer Harmel, Chief Operating Officer of Annuitas, Jessica Jones, Chief Growth Officer of Annuitas, and Jen Watson, Senior Strategy Director of Annuitas here with us. Thank you guys for being here today. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. Absolutely. So I just want to dive right in. And I think the best place to start is by asking all of you, why has this idea that you need to make a shift in your demand marketing moved from a, a nice to do thought to a must do initiative? Jessica, you want to start us off? Sure. I think everyone knows what's been going on for the last couple of years. We don't need to rehash it, but I do think that the initiatives that people had in place have been accelerated by the last couple of years everyone working from home and the hybrid work environments and all of the changes in the way people do business the way people buy have really accelerated a lot of um i hate to use the buzzword but um digital transformations that have been going on we could talk a little more about that i'm sure or a lot about that i'm sure but um, I think it's been something that's been long coming and it's been happening naturally, but I just think that it's been happening now faster. It's only been accelerated by the last couple of years and what's been going on in the world. Yeah, I also think the need and the pressure on sales and marketing leaders to measure results and be a little bit smarter, right, about what they're doing, deliver everything faster, smarter. You know, it's impossible to do that unless you take a really good look at what your current approach is and most likely, you know, drive some change. Yeah. And just to add to what Jennifer and Jessica said, I think what, what we saw circling back to what Jessica said is, you know, the pandemic was kind of a catalyst for a lot of these things that were already happening. Um, and now you had this disruption to the buyer journey and the disruption to the way we're all doing things. And, I think now people have come to favor some of the ways that we have transitioned during the pandemic. So if you're um, running a company, a B2B company, you now have to figure out the like anytime, any way, anywhere way to operate. So I think that's a big part of where people are right now. It's like, how do we take what happened during the pandemic that we now know is, is sticking and how do we make it work for us in our business? Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And Jen, you actually shared with me earlier this week, a research piece from Gartner that talks more about uh, where the, where these pressures are coming from. It's called the chief marketing officer leadership vision 2022 for those that want to look it up. And it had a lot of interesting facts and viewpoints, especially around how leaders are struggling to make this change while still de deliver results that have to be delivered to the company. So I'm, I'm curious what your take is on that. Are you seeing people struggle with that balance? Absolutely. Um, it's kind of like, I think one of the analogies that we've used internally among this group is it's like, driving a car and building the car at the same time. <laughs> so you still have to keep your forward momentum. You still have to keep, you know, moving while you're making some very significant changes to how you're doing things. 
Yeah, I think it's 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 hard though, right? Because I think part of the challenges is that people don't see them as running in parallel. I think some people think it's either or, and that's what we're seeing a lot of a lot of stagnation in terms of people not necessarily doing the broader strategy per se, because they think that they need results now and that they don't have the time to take to do, just take a step back and or the resources resources or whatever it might be. Yeah. That's another thing is we, that we can talk about, right. Which is the resources piece. The talent turnover right now is so significant in the marketplace that it's really, really hard to keep a talented team in place that understands the business, that understands methodology, understands the product, understands whatever it is you're trying to do, right? Um, And it's there long enough to see something like a broader strategy through. So I think people are, are, it's almost like the Indiana Jones, right? Where they're running with the boulder behind them. I feel like people feel that way right now a lot, right? Where we need results now, we need results in quarter. What are we doing now? Um, The pressure's coming from the top, like you talked about, Anna Claire, right? where people are, um, I think, Jennifer, you touched on it too, that CMOs are, are, the pressure is on them to be more metrics driven. And so whereas before they definitely had a specialty or an expertise, now they have to be these generalists and understand a little bit of everything. But the big piece of that is coming in is to be more metrics driven. And that I think has been a huge shift for people and metrics driven to them means results now, right? So again, going back to what you said, I think it's really hard for people to, to think about that broader long-term strategy when somebody's yelling or breathing down their neck about um, you know, this quarter's results or having to go to the, the market right. or whatever. Do you think that, or have you seen that um, the people who are in these positions, like a marketer, for example, who's in this position of of someone breathing down their neck, are they jointly also receiving increased support from leadership? Like for example, maybe more budget or um, more resources if they could find them to hire them and bring them on to help them. Um, <laughs> That's a big if. <laughs> to help them. Are, they, are people receiving the support they need from leadership? Yeah, I think that's a, a tough one. I think that I think that what we're seeing is there's more of an expectation to work cross-functionally within an organization because a lot of this digital transformation is enterprise-wide. And so there's an expectation that leaders will will drive this digital transformation and drive these big, you know, shifts in the way they approach sales and marketing. But you've got to really bring in these other areas within your organization. And so it requires a lot of prioritization of, you know, resources and time and energy. So I don't necessarily see that they're able to hire you know from always from the outside to support their teams, but I think they're having to rely more internally on the resources that they have if that makes sense yeah i have a client i'm working pretty pretty closely to right now who's such the perfect example of this you know we were having a conversation last week and they were saying how they they're going to miss their quarterly numbers and and in the meantime we're trying to drive this transformation there right but all they can focus on and there are important decisions that need to be made to drive that transformation but the decisions are getting dragged out because of the immediacy of you know the pain of the current quarter and i'm i'm sitting here thinking well yeah you're probably going to miss your numbers next quarter and the next quarter unless you 
are able to find the budget, the time, the resources to really think broader and more strategically and more long-term. So it's just always that that battle between the yeah, two. Yeah, we've got a client, Jen and I, that we're working with right now too, that's going through a very, very broad scale digital transformation again, um, which by the way, I, I keep air quoting that. I think it's because it means, <laughs> I, I, I think it means a lot of different things for a lot of different people. I think in, it, in a general sense, it, it means taking a step back and looking holistically across the organization at the use of technology, right? And and traditionally, it's interesting because you think about some of the technology that marketing relies on not living within marketing, right? Or now we're seeing it being taken away and then looking at, you know, centralizing that in IT or something like that. And so all of that's very interesting, but this client is is struggling because their budget out of nowhere got cut. So to what you were saying, you know, Claire, right? They they found out last minute that their budget was cut. I think it was thirty percent or something like that. I mean, a significant, Ouch. significant, cut. and we're talking, yeah. a, you know, a public company here. So that but that was a significant budget cut. So all of a sudden, when they had all of these plans and talk about doing more with less, thirty percent less, but their goals didn't change, right? So that's something that we're seeing a lot as well is that people are cutting budgets by X percent but they're still holding them accountable to the same goals. So how do you, you know, how do you get that, that right. goal number without having the same budget to put into what you traditionally wanted to, you know, part of that is, is having to take a step back and say, what can I do that's scalable, strategic, you know, moving forward. And, and measurable. I mean, that, that makes such a strong case for creating that connection between the investments you're making, the marketing, sales and marketing activity, and the the expectations that the enterprise and the goals that the enterprise has set for you, that the company has set. So, you know, to me, it's more important than it's ever been before to have those measurements in place to clearly be able to show this is the impact of what we're doing. Yep, agree. I think another interesting way to look at it as, you know, from my own personal experience is you can have measurement to show here's the impact of what we are doing, but also you can have measurement to show here's the level of effort that it takes to keep uh, doing things the way we're doing without making this shift to a long term. And that can be a really compelling argument in my opinion, for leadership, if you're able to show, you know, it's, it's going to cost us this much to get these same results all the time. And it's going to take this much effort unless we change something. Is that something that you guys have seen? The, the price of not yeah, kind of the, the, right? Yeah. What's the, cost of the opportunity, opportunity cost. cost. Yeah. It's the opportunity cost essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Here's what's going to happen if you don't change. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that, you know, when I've been in, with some of my previous companies um, as a marketing leader in those companies, that was, I would say, in the top three um, things that I constantly struggled with is just what you said, Anna Claire, is trying to get people away from that short term thinking into something more long term and sustainable it's a really hard thing to get everybody on that page. Um, and that's why I think what, what we were just saying, that opportunity cost is critical to show. If we keep doing things the way we're doing them, this is what it's gonna cost us and this is the result, as opposed to 
if we take this long-term approach and really put forth something that's innovative and new that supports our 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 you know long-term business goals and objectives this is what we might achieve or this is what we will achieve um, so it becomes really important to be able to show the difference between that short-term and long-term value i think it arms you too with a weapon right so if let's say your budgets are going to be cut next year, right? That you can show what that impact of that cut is going to have if you've got the benchmarking in place. And you can say, if we cut the budget by X percent and we look at how long it takes for leads to move through the funnel, we, you know, you right now are making a decision in the moment that two quarters down, let's say, or whatever it is, right? However long that it takes to get somebody to a qualified lead, there's where your impact's going to be, right? So you're going to feel, you're not going to feel the pain right now. So sure, you can make that decision easy, but two quarters from now, you're really going to feel the pain when, you know, our pipeline goes down significantly. So those types of, it, it arms you with that kind of, have that kind of a conversation, which is a much more C-suite, you know, financial type conversation with the organization. And it really gets a CMO to have a seat at the table, to have those more sophisticated conversations, to be part of that strategic planning year after year when it comes to things like budget. Right. So instead of being on the defense, then it starts to get them to be more on the offense with people. It requires a lot of discipline. Mm -hmm. I'd be interested to, to know from Jessica and Jennifer what you've seen when talking with customers about things that they do internally to help drive that discipline throughout an organization. Um, to, to get everybody to shift to a more long-term strategic way of thinking. Is there anything that, that, that comes to mind that you've seen that has been successful in driving those conversations and, the, and people adapting to long-term thinking? I think, well, if Jennifer, if you've got something. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm there's, <laughs> I, I think, on, on the on the broadest level, right? When you think about, it, I've got a couple of clients right now that are really large enterprise level organizations, and and they're working very. They're they're working towards establishing that demand gen center of excellence function, which really is the function within the organization that's going to put those guardrails up. It's going to, um, you know, I know governance is sometimes a dirty word, right? But it's put the governance in place. Um, really work with the business work with the the people that are in the trenches every day to lift up and and see what what they can amplify that's working across the organization um, to provide those standardized kpis and metrics to um, cultivate and that that talent and where it isn't right through training and change management you talked before about jen about working um across functions right that's not natural for a lot of people and so how do you, you know, so having the centralized function that can kind of lift up and see what's going on across the entire organization and see and anticipate things that might be um, challenges when it comes to change management, right? Because oftentimes people sit there and they look at what they're working on and um, they don't realize that some big thing is coming down the pike that might interfere that has nothing to do with sales, marketing, any of that, but it's still going to impact significantly people's ability to assimilate change and, and really make it a sticky habit within the organization, right? So I think that piece of it, having that management center of excellence is really critical. And we've seen it work really well for organizations. Um, but again, that, that's more of the larger, you, you have to have the, the structure, I would say, and, and you know, the size to be able to make that work. Um, I, you know, 
Jennifer, you might have some better thoughts around smaller level organizations. I know you've been having some struggles there as well. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is. I think, you know, two things that just top of mind for me there when you ask that question is one, obviously, you have to get everybody aligned around the same KPIs. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, singing off the same sheet of music. Um, again, cross-functionally, right? It shouldn't matter because you're all marching to those same goals. But I also think that the, and I don't want to go too down, far down the rabbit hole of change management because we have a whole separate <laughs> podcast around that. We could talk all day. It about always that, comes but, up. You know, again, <laughs> it does. And But again, in today's environment, you could have a well-orchestrated DGCOE, but people are coming and going all, all mm -hmm. the time, right? And so never losing sight of the fact that that can have such a huge impact, positively or negatively, in your transformation, right? Somebody, your, your champion leaves, and that could be a huge gap in what you're trying to do, right? And somebody new comes in and, 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 and remembering to really educate them and pull them in and making sure that they're on board with those key KPIs in the direction that you're going. So that's, you know, you asked some, maybe in some smaller organizations, I think that that has an even bigger impact, right? Because there are fewer people. So each person can have a bigger impact. That goes back to, I think, the original question you asked though, Anna Claire, right? Which is, is, is why now? Because if you don't have that blueprint, if you don't have that you know, that process, that standard process, the documentation, um, the benchmarking in place, all of those things, as people come and go, you're starting from scratch, right? And you're losing that institutional knowledge yeah. because it's stuck in everyone's heads, right? That's not scalable to have an individual, a single point of failure that knows everything and that leaves small, large, doesn't matter, right? So if you have that repeatable, scalable process in place, you've got the benchmarks to understand how things that you're doing are are changing, you know, budget or people or approaches, whatever it might be, right? That's what's going to give you the ability to pivot quickly, regardless of what's going on in the marketplace. Um, and even, go ahead. yeah, and even Jessica, outside of the organization, as as needs change from a customer perspective or a buyer perspective, that I feel like gives you, um, you know, a, a stronger need for for that adaptive, scalable type of program that we're talking about. So it's like, yeah, you may have internal things that are happening that are changing, new people coming, um, new products, whatever is changing internally, but it also supports when you've got buyer preferences that start changing. If you've already got that infrastructure in, in place and the process and the governance and everything you need, it's so much easier to make those changes as they come up instead of feeling like you're just constantly reinventing, you know, reacting and reinventing the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I've, I've actually got a, a, a client right now too, that they have the opposite problem where they, they just got acquired and somebody's about to literally turn the fire hose on them in terms of leads. And so it's not, Oh, we, you know, we don't have the leads, but now it's like, uh-oh, like we've been doing this, we've been on a small scale doing this and it's been working really well because I can individually go in there and tweak this thing or I can fix this piece of data or whatever because we have a team of X and the volume is low, right? It's worked really well. Now all of a sudden somebody's gonna turn a fire hose of leads on us. It's not sustainable, right? Like we can't, 
we can't do it at scale what we've been trying to do so it's it works both ways too right is i don't know how to turn things up or oh shoot things are about to turn up what do i do with that how am i going to process that at scale understand what's qualified what's not turn things back you know do all the great things that a sophisticated demand process can do for you um they just don't if you don't have that rigor in place it's not you know it's it's not going to work Can't do the manual processes forever, huh? No. <laughs> At some point, <laughs> you're going to need a little bit more than that. You're going to need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for your time and for joining us today. Um, before we wrap up, are there any last thoughts from any of you around anything we didn't cover about why you need to make this shift? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, covered it. we covered it okay well thanks again for joining us and thanks to the three of you for taking the time to talk to us about why you need to make this shift to a strategic demand marketing state um, sooner rather than later and as a reminder this is part of a series so you can join us next time for uh, the second installment where we start talking more about how to actually make this shift thanks again everyone <laughs>